The following episode of True Stories Based on Fiction will contain coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at TSBOF Podcast, like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TSBOF Podcast, or you can visit our website at www.TrueStoriesBasedOnFiction.com. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. You've got exactly ten minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have failed this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've got to do. Once again, to true stories based on fiction, I am your host, Randy, this week. Uh, this week is going to be a little bit different than normal. Um, we do to some flooding in the studio on two separate occasions, as well as some family emergencies. We were not able to get together this week and record as a group. Um, so Evan has recorded an, an episode for himself and... Um, I'm going to give a little recap of uh, some wrestling here. Um, Brian, unfortunately, wasn't able to record anything this week, so this will be a Brian-free episode. We all hope to be back um, in two weeks at our normal time. We're going to have our review of Batman vs. Superman. Uh, we got some cool stuff planned out for that episode. Um, all of us saw it right away. We all had planned for this episode to be the episode uh, where we reviewed it. Unfortunately, due to some circumstances, um, that wasn't able to happen. So, let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time. True Story Space on Fiction proudly presents Wrestling with Randy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Wrestling with Randy. Um, this week was a huge week if you're a wrestling fan. Um, lots of stuff happened um, being WrestleMania week, which is, if you're a wrestling fan, it's the, the biggest week of wrestling goes. A um, couple of huge things coming out this week. Um, WWE had shows all weekend long. Started off with WWE NXT TakeOver in Dallas. Um, which saw the debut of a few different wrestlers, um, one of them being a indie, 
wrestler by the name of Austin Aries. Um, another one being a wrestler that is known uh, from Japan uh, by the name of Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, he was probably the coolest part of this seeing this entire weekend, um, seeing him wrestle Sami Zayn on Friday night. He is 100% charisma. Um, I've never seen a wrestler that didn't come out talking English or talking like The Rock have as much charisma as he did. Um, he kind of fashions himself after Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson. It was a, it was pretty cool to see if you uh, had the WWE Network or YouTube, look up Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT from TakeOver Dallas. It was an awesome show, awesome match. Um, other than that, the coolest thing about the weekend, um, the best matches, I'd have to say, went to the women wrestlers. Uh, Friday night, TakeOver Dallas had Asuka, uh, another female wrestler from Japan, and Bayley from NXT. Uh, Bailey defended her title against Asuka, and Asuka actually choked Bailey out. Uh, it was kind of cool to see. Asuka, very stiff, works very stiff, very stiff kicks. Um, and Bailey is probably the most likable female wrestler they've had in a long time. So it was kind of cool to see those two go at it. And of course, at WrestleMania, um, they finally got rid of the Divas title and now have the women's wrestling title. They had a triple threat between three of the former NXT women, um, known as the Four Horsemen, Four Horsewomen, along with Bailey. They uh, brought down the house. It was probably one of the best wrestling matches on the show between those three women, and kudos to them. Um, one of the better WrestleManias, aside from the main event. The main event wasn't great. Uh, Triple H and Roman Reigns. Um, they tried to manufacture it enough to that people would love Roman Reigns. It's just not working out. They just need to move away from him. Um, other wrestling news, the, uh, the Bullet Club of uh, Carl Anderson and Gallows are going to be coming up to WWE soon. They were there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, just haven't debuted yet. Hopefully they show up on the main roster and either show up with uh, Finn Balor and the Balor Club or reteam with AJ Styles. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, but for as far as WrestleMania goes, it's a great show. Um, very long, almost five hours long of wrestling, not including the the pre-show. Insane amount of wrestling this weekend. Um, if you're a fan, check out the WWE Network nine ninety nine, and at least check it out for a month. They're giving away the first month for free. Highly recommended. Um, that's all I got this week. Um, I'm going to give it on over to Evan. Oh, yeah. It is that time, my friends. The time when Evan, the third host, comes to drop some knowledge. For edification purposes only. True stories based on fiction presents Evanification with Evan, the third host. Hello, world. This is Evan, the third host of the True Stories Based on Fiction podcast. 
Um, this is going to be the second entry in my series that I'm calling Evan Soapbox. On the Evan Soapbox episode, they were basically going to be my platform to discuss my opinions on certain things that are comics and pop culture related and or reviews of things that are also comic slash pop culture related. I'm going to try to have it all kind of fit into the milieu of the um, podcast proper through stories based on fiction. So this episode, we're going to discuss the recent news that Valiant Comics or Valiant Entertainment um, is getting funding from a Indian company to basically back their line of comic books and also a movie deal with Sony Pictures, I think it's Sony, <clears throat> um, to produce a multi-film storyline based on two of the most popular titles, Bloodshot and Harbinger. This is very exciting news and very unprecedented news. Unprecedented news. I never thought that I would see this before. Um, Valiant Comics was a comic company started in the early 90s during the boom period. Boom period being where a lot of new companies arose and a lot of new books were selling like hotcakes. Um, they were more so a writer-driven universe. And that means good stories, but the art was lackluster. When I was a kid, they got a lot of press and like the uh, trade publications like Comic Buyer's Guide, Business and Comic Magazine, and all that jazz. So I can never get into the book because honestly, like I said a second ago, the art wasn't good. Um, they had a lot of things in Latham. He's a pretty good writer these days, but he started out as valiant as an artist slash writer. We did have a couple of early appearances by Joe Quesada, the current Marvel CCO, uh, but that couldn't save the comic universe for me. But back when it was out in its heyday in the early 90s, it did very well. It did, it did so well that a comic book company called, no, I'm sorry, that a video game company called Acclaim, they had a lot of hits in the, in the first couple of gens of, of games. They actually bought out Valiant Comics, turned into Acclaim Comics, like a subsidiary. And they actually put out some decent games based on the Valiant properties, and they um, produced books. So when Acclaim folded, sold it to comics company. And it wasn't because they weren't selling decently to be an independent publisher. It wasn't because they had any kind of creative conflict. It was highly, um, highly detrimental. It was more so because of the fact that the claim as a company folded. So a couple of years back, an independent um, financing company acquired the rights for the for the characters from the Valiant universe. Um, and when they did that, they came out swinging. They got a former Marvel editor to become their editor, editor-in-chief. They got um, a guy named Warren Simmons. Um, they got one of the Marvel, Marvel's biggest artists, David Aja, to do redesigns of all, all of the prominent characters. They got a guy named Ryan Hughes, um, who was very good in 
iconography, iconography slash trade dress, classic designing to come up with new logos, new trade dress, new cover um, ideas. And they got, got a lot of artists and writers who weren't getting a lot of play at Marvel and DC, but, they're, but were actually pretty good writers. Like, for example, uh, Robert Venditti, who was known for, well, whose work on the surrogates from independent publishers actually turned into a, a pretty high budget, pretty high ranking motion picture star Brooklyn. He never really got much love in the uh, mainstream game, but Valiant scooped him up, put him on their flagship titles, and then he did a good job on those, and he actually is working at Marvel in DC right now. He's actually right at last current. And they got artists that hasn't that haven't really gotten much love at the big two lately, like Carrie Nord. There's a lot of um back or Third Devil for sure. Very good artist, but he never really got taken where he should be. He, he did do also, he also did Conan for Dark Horse for a, couple, for a number of years. He did really good work. I've always liked his work and admired it, but for whatever reason, Marvel didn't really give him much play. And they got guys like Clayton Henry, who who did a pretty similar run on Uncanny X-Men. A lot of Marvel work here and there, typically fill-in shit. We got him over as an artist. So basically, they got all the very good people who worked for the big two to get, get that big spotlight, turn them into superstars, and had good page rates, from what I hear. And they they built a pretty close knit, strong line of comics. Um, and this was back in 2012. Um, they started with a book called Exo Man of War, <clears throat> which is basically. What if Conan was Iron Man? So a guy who was born, born and lived in like the before Christ times, transported to the, the future, being our present, and with an alien technology armor. Um, I can I didn't really get into that that much. We also had Archer and Armstrong, created by Barry Windsor Smith, who did the Weapon X storyline in Marvel Comics all those years ago story of an immortal guy who's kind of it's like a buddy comedy story of like an immortal guy um who's a drinker and an artist he's like he's a pretty nice guy he teamed up with uh, a younger guy who was a member of a cult um so he's kind of brainwashed but yet they they, they become fast friends it's a buddy cop comedy kind of but then two primary um titles that are going to be the focus of this new cinematic universe, Bloodshot. Um, Bloodshot is a story of a guy who was basically part of a secret, like a super soldier program that um, basically erased his memories when needed. They made it. He's basically dead. He has a heightened killing factor, and, he's, and his skin is pale. And his eyes are bloodshot red, and he has a, a huge circle redness on his chest as well. He kind of looks like a Japanese flag. Um, he has like these nanorobots in his body called, called nanites that actually allow him to heal super fast. And he has to eat like raw meat, something pretty weird to um, aid his, his killing factor. It was a pretty, it was a pretty amazing um, espionage spy action thriller. 
book written by my boy. He's not really my boy, but he's a cool guy. He's a friend in my mind. Um, Dwayne Sorzinski, who wrote uh, Iron Fist at Marvel, who, who writes Hexes, Dark Horse, crime novelist. He's, he's written some very good novels. <clears throat> he brought his own sensibility to that subject matter. Then they had a book called Harbinger. Um, Harbinger is the story of Toya Harada, who owns a conglomerate of the Harada Foundation. Anyway, um, it's a organization that is a front for a conglomerate, for a collective that he has for people they call Sayats. Sayats are people who have abilities with their mind. So kind of think Professor Xavier, Jean Grey, Nate Grey, all of the Braves and Summers from the X-Men universe, so they can either do things with their mind. Um, so I, there's a guy who can project a, a shell around his body to, that, that hides his actual true weak self into a more complex self. There's a guy who's just like Xavier, basically he can move things with his mind, he can enter people's minds, he can do all kinds of cool, crazy things. So, story of Toya Harada, and story of Peter Sanacek, I've never heard the guy's name pronounced, but that's how it looks in my mind when I read it. He's like this teenager, he's kind of like a slacker, and he, he knows he has these proud powers, but he can't tell anyone about them. He has a friend, his friend's name is Stan or Paul or something like that. Basically, they get together, hang out, do drugs, but he's not really a good person. But you find out that he does some drugs because it helps him suppress everyone else's thoughts. What would you do if wherever you went, no matter what you did, you hurt other people's thoughts? It would drive you insane. And this guy does drugs to help surpass that. His buddy does drugs to do drugs. So, <clears throat> Toya Harada finds, his, finds Peter, and he invites him to join the, the Harada Foundation. Or Again, I forget the name. I apologize, but it's, it's a podcast where I do a lot of research. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, in any event, uh, Peter quickly finds out that this company is all a facade, and Toya Harada is not a good person. He's out to help us. He's out to hinder him in anything. He basically leaves. Um, and then he finds, um, oh, well, this is actually pretty interesting that I forgot. So, obviously, I know a lot more about the Harbinger than I do about Bloodshot. I read Bloodshot here and there. I have the first maybe 25 issues of Harbinger. So I'm much more of a Harbinger fan because I found the story very interesting. Speaking of which, it's written by Joshua Dysart of the Unknown Soldier fame, which has got a lot of critical acclaim. wrote, um... A lot of very thought-provoking books. It's probably his most mainstream subject matter. He does a very good job at exploring the characters, different dynamics. One of the most important dynamics being in the first story arc, um, Peter actually goes inside of a woman's mind and makes her fall in love with him. And he basically he's in love with him so much he gives him stuff for him in a sexual way. So it explores some very, very fucked up shit. So one might say that Peter Sanchez is a rapist. He, he uses influence over her as a 
or love referred to everything that occurred in which is actually something that was explored in the first iteration of the series, but not to like not it was kind of glazed over that when Jim Shooter wrote it. Um, but in the current series, they, they tackled it right on, and it's honestly very, very uncomfortable. Um, it's still a good book. So after he frees this woman from control. Still, kind of for some reason, maybe he still has some control over her. Agrees to help him run away from Toy Arata. So Peter runs away from their foundation on the way they find other Saiyaks who aren't controlled by Toy Arata and they form their team called the Renegade. So the Harbinger is the name that's about people who, his name of the book, it's about the foundation. But what happens is, they formed their own group called the Renegades, and it's basically him, his friend slash girlfriend slash maybe someone he's still controlling, a girl named Hope, who is an overweight super fan. Um, she's like the stereotypical comic book fan, which is kind of funny how they do it. Cash is about earlier, who's actually like a deformed, but he can project a buff body over his deformed body, and that's and that's the truth too. There's also um, Power Technetic. Power Technetic. Someone who can control fire with your mind. And he's, I think you call her Domingo, that's the cold name. In any event, in the Valiant Universe, the company who controls Bloodshot is called Project Ragnar Spirit. Bloodshot shot finds out that he's been used by the company for years, and so he, he rebels against him and goes on a, on a revenge plot against them. Project Rising Spirit is more like, I would say, like a Weapon X Department H program from X. But they also do work with the Psyops, so they have their own team, their own scientists who will capture it. And he's got the spirit on it. They're in direct opposition of the Toya Rada Foundation. So, as the books go on, they cross over in what's called the Harbinger Wars. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the Harbinger Wars, where Bloodshot finds a group of Saiyats who are controlled by Project Rising Spirit and he helps them escape. Toy Harada has been looking for these kids for a long time. And they're kids, they're like ages 8 to 20, like 7 of them, I believe. Toy Harada finds out about this and he's always wanted these kids, so he goes after them as well. So then you have. The Renegades, which is Peter Sanchez and his crew, are running interference and they don't know who to trust. They want to help out these other Psyots. But the other Psyots are trained the same way the Bloodshot was, so they're kind of cold hearted and they aren't heroes either. So, this is probably the biggest storyline in the, Batman, the current Batman universe of the Harbinger Wars that I said a second ago. So, this, this company who's funding Valiant Comics is going to basically do a Bloodshot movie. It's more than likely going to take, um, adapt his first storyline in the Valiant Comics current universe. They're going to do a Harbinger movie. It's going to more than likely cover that that book's first storyline. Then they're going to do a Harbinger Wars, <clears throat> taking cues from Marvel, that you use from DC. Valiant's doing the same thing because the newest thing out is doing cinematic universe. Um. Does it make sense? It does. Do I agree with it? I'm not sure if I do totally. Due to the fact that, I mean, 
can't he have some standalone superhero comic book stuff he read? I mean, I don't see why everything has to be in the same vein. But at the same time, though, Marvel doesn't own that idea. That's how comic book works. Why can't comic book movies work the same way that the comic books themselves work? And it's nice having a continuity between different properties. So, my opinion on it, my soapbox opinion is, I guess I'm a little... I see both sides of the argument. Some people are saying that, oh, Valiant's trying to just copy off the success of Marvel, and I, I kind of see that, but why wouldn't you? You're helping me in the comic book world. You're trying to make a name for yourself. You're going you're gonna to see what the top people are doing. They try to emulate it and make it your own. Like when they took David Aja, Gary Lloyd, uh, Warren Simmons, people who all worked primarily for Marvel. They moved them over to Valiant. Marvel wasn't whatever. I, I, I'm a Marvel fan. I'm not sure what dispute they had. Oh, technically, I'm not sure what dispute they had. <clears throat> but Valiant definitely took advantage. Well, took advantage of that. Marvel not capitalizing on people's talent. So that's what Valiant does. Conversely, if Valiant do something more unique, maybe they should. Maybe they should tackle television. Maybe it's tackle animation. Maybe they will want to play. A lot of people aren't liking it. A lot of people are. I would sound more so in the pro camp. I like seeing my favorite medium come from other media. Valiant so far is doing a very tight universe, a very cohesive universe. They're very original concepts. Of course, there's always been a professional Xavier and the X-Men. Of course, there's always been a Wolverine type character, but the twist on it is very much that. Currently, in 2015, Cooler and Wolverine, right there. Uh, Harbinger, more interesting. Team, it's like having, like Marvel probably do this one. They have a team of Professional Xavier. Jean Grey, Young Jean Grey, Emma Frost, Cable, X-Men, Psylocke, Rachel Grey. So basically have all of their psychic, psychic power people. I mean, because they're all going to do something a little bit different. Some, some people can't move things with different minds. Some people can't have other people. It's a very interesting concept. Like Marvel never took advantage of. And Valiant Comics did. Um, so... I'm not mad at Valiant, I think it's a very good idea. And Valiant isn't really doing that well in the comic book game. They're making difficult pieces and you put out good work. Only what they call last time I checked, seven percent of the comic book market. Not being multiple DC to go back and forth. I think third actually is with something called IDW. Image comics and their tool I believe and everyone else is under ten seven percent but they may make a good product. I haven't read anything terrible from them. I haven't read it all but it works. I like seeing other things besides Marvel and DC on the big screen. And they're hooking up with people who have a lot of money and these this company help finance I believe Captain America 2 is a biggest soldier. And they like the kind of property, so there's nothing wrong with that. If it's done well, if they hire a good writer, 
maybe they should hire the guys who wrote the comic books to at least be in the meeting storyline right maybe get a more experienced screenwriter although i think they dropped the dice on has written some screenplays i'm not sure exactly but if he has you get one of those experiences maybe get someone who's interested in that field scott kemple scott kemple writes for the walking dead i think he's currently the showrunner he actually he's written some pretty bad comic book movies but he also He's ready to do something like So, overall, my opinion of it, soapbox opinion is I like it. I like it a lot. As always, um, if you want to follow us, me and the other two knuckleheads, you can do so at TSBOF Podcast Twitter. You can follow us on our website at www.twostoriesforsensation.com. You can follow, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash two stories for fiction. Um, you can stream our podcast on Stitcher, stream our podcast on iTunes, our website, SoundCloud, anywhere that you download podcasts or listen to them, you can do this podcast. You do so though, we do hope you do rate us and comment. Especially on iTunes, give us five stars. Um, if you have any questions or anything, anything you want to say to us, you can reach us at our email at tsbofpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Actions, instant warning, ask this, and there's a good chance you'll probably hear it on the air. Everyone have a evening. Here are past next week, which is, I'll just be here. Back to the two stories for If you believe in something, stand for it. Instead of stand for my niggas doing life. Uh, free my niggas right right now when I stand for my bitches doing right. Spend these bands up with you.
Stand for making dough, stand for taking no stand for what I know. Stand for my niggas on these blocks. All my bitches buying green dots. Young niggas in the weed spot. Trying to get the money for the whip. Little nigga in the G-Ride. He ain't got no money for no whip. Ghost ride that shit. Real nigga gon' provide that shit. He gon' do whatever for the bread. Fuck your point, it's beside that shit. It is never something to fall, but nothing to shit is simple. No discussion, it is disgusting. She know I love it, I'm always fucking the tail. I'm busting. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. I've been standing out couches in the club. Spilling liquor. Standing out while I'm fucking. My bitch. I'm a stand up nigga. You a real nigga, I stand up with you. I'm a stand up nigga. Tell my bitch I spend these bands up with you. Yeah.